Hi, and welcome back to Excuse My Anxiety. Since the last time you heard my voice, I've gotten a lot of feedback from people that have heard the podcast, including my family and friends that I asked for their opinions. And to my surprise, they asked for another podcast ASAP. So I'm happy to oblige with the second half to the introduction, which is Understanding Anxiety the five W's and the H of anxiety to be exact. So before we dive in, let me give you my personal disclaimer that I am not a clinician. I am a person that has completed 48 graduate hours in clinical psychology. So there is a wealth of knowledge on mental illness and clinical psychology in general. So happy to share, but always check with your clinician, your therapist, your doctor about your situation. These are just tips and advice that can be applied to what you already have going on. So with that being said, um, when I was in school, abnormal psych was my favorite class. No shocker there, right? Abnormal psych. So, um, anxiety wasn't on my radar at all. Bipolar was a big thing back then. So a lot of the lectures and stuff that we had was on bipolar, even the Oedipus complex, Freud and Jung, Catherine Hornet, some of the people that we discussed in depth, but anxiety wasn't something that we talked about a lot in class, but now in what I call the anxiety age, that is all that you see everywhere. Anxiety. Even on mainstream radio, Charlemagne the God, he wrote a book about anxiety and being a radio DJ. So it's everywhere. I was faced with a decision though when I came to the end of my program. You have to do so many clinical hours. And at the time I had two kids, one was sick, and I just had to make a decision to put my kids first before my career. So I said, you know, it'll come a time when I can use this knowledge and be able to help, but now is not the time. And I just put my trust and my faith in God and said, it'll come around, it'll happen. I just need to be patient. So now is that time that I'm able to share and pass it along and, and I'm happy with that. And I'm glad I waited for the right opportunity and the right time. So after today's podcast, what I think that you'll gain from it is a better understanding and a clearer picture of what anxiety is and what it looks like today in 2020. And you'll get a look to see what it's not. And that's something we don't talk about a lot, what it, anxiety is not. And in the planning of this podcast, I, I pulled out my old abnormal psych books and all my old books from school and my teacher spirit took over y'all. So the five W's and an H is what we use to teach narratives, stories, to teach story writing. But today I'm going to use it to teach anxiety. So bear with me. Before I even get into the questions, the number one thing and the number one misconception 
I want to clear up is the word anxiety. People use it so many different ways as a noun, as a verb, as an adjective. But what what is it? What's the difference in anxiety and other words and the way that people use it? Um, anxiety, first thing, is fueled by fear. Anxiety doesn't stand by itself. It couldn't. It couldn't stand by itself. So it's fueled by fear. And what's the difference in anxiety and fear? Because there is a difference. So anxiety is a feeling, but it's a feeling of worry. And it's uneasy. It, it, it's apprehension. It's nervousness. It's uncomfortable. And it's usually about something that hasn't even happened yet. It's something in the future that you're worrying about or stressing about hasn't even happened. That's how anxiety works, which confirms for me, it originates in your mind and not your body. Now, fear, on the other hand, is defined as a person's belief that they are in immediate danger, which automatically is going to heighten anxiety. So fear is immediate. Anxiety builds over time. And in science, that's what you would call a positive correlation. They go hand in hand together and they usually don't live separate. Where there's fear, there's anxiety. Where there's anxiety, there is fear. So to put it even simpler, to some degree, you need fear and anxiety, but it has to stay within reason. It has to stay logical. For example, when you hear a loud noise, your body tenses up, your brain becomes alert, adrenaline starts rushing through your body. That's your fight or flight response. I'm sure most of us have heard about fight or flight. When something ignites your body, it reacts. That tensing of your body is what it needs to survive. If it doesn't tense up, you won't react and you may not survive. So it's, it's a must that you have some level of fear and anxiety to survive as a human and an animal on this planet. So that's a given. We have to have it. Oh, but when the fear becomes irrational and the anxiety starts to affect a person's physiological functions, like your heartbeat is just rapid, it's beating out of your chest. You're breathing heavy, so heavy that you feel like you're getting lightheaded or you're going to pass out. You're sweating excessively that you know you have to keep a towel with you because if somebody sparks your anxiety, you're going to sweat, sweat all over your clothes. If those kind of things are happening, Houston, we have a problem. Time to go see somebody. When those kind of things start happening often, 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 time to start looking into getting some help for it because it's interfering with your daily functions. So that's the first thing. So now let's get into these five W's and an H to find out what this anxiety thing is. So what is it? Anxiety is just a feeling. Like we said, anxiety is not a mental illness. It's just a feeling, but Having an anxiety disorder 
means that the feeling of anxiety, that worry that you feel has started to interfere with your quality of life. And the reason that I say quality of life instead of saying that it interferes with your regular life function is because not everybody functions at the same level, nor does everybody want to function on the same wavelength or at the same level. Myself, for instance, the pressure of corporate America would probably literally crush me. I wouldn't be able to take it. But people that I know, friends, family members, even some of the people that I work with, they are under a tremendous amount of stress and the types of things they have to do in their positions, business meetings with people that they don't know, just stresses that I would not want to deal with on a daily basis at work. Not interested. So if it interferes with your quality of life and what you see for yourself, then that's when it can be characterized as a anxiety disorder. But if you find something that suits you, like teaching for me, then I'm fine with that. No major surprises, no business deals to look over, just the kids and the books, I'm fine. But anxiety disorders as a whole are one of the most common mental disorders. And if you look them up, mental disorders and anxiety disorders are in a book called the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. The fifth version is the latest version. And if you look in it, they're going to be located in Axis 1. So it's an Axis 1 disorder in the DSM. And there are seven major anxiety disorders that show up in Axis 1. And of course, I'm going to go through all of those seven with you. I actually call them the malicious seven. You know how some people say the magnificent seven? I call these the malicious seven. So the first one that appears in the malicious seven are specific phobias, which are fears, specific fears of individual objects or situations. So a fear of heights is situational. Some people have a fear of water, certain foods, certain types of people, certain types of uniforms. The most bizarre phobias that you can imagine exist. Anything you can imagine, there are people that are afraid of it or have a phobia of it. The next on the list of seven are social phobia. And those come in two categories. It's the fear of unfamiliar people and also the fear of social scrutiny also falls under that category of social phobia. And notice the word fear was in both definitions for those anxiety disorders. Social phobia is a fear of a specific object and a social phobia is for fear of people. So fear, there you go. All right, moving on to the next one, panic disorder. You hear a lot of that th these days. I have panic disorder. I have panic attacks. 
So there's two distinctions in panic disorder. Panic attacks, of course, if you're having reoccurring panic attacks, that's panic disorder. And also simply worrying about having a panic attack is panic disorder also. Not sure if you know that, but that's also panic disorder. Next is generalized anxiety disorder or GAD. And to me, this is like the most devastating one in the category. It is uncontrollable worry of everything, basically, from top to bottom, from the morning to the evening. You are worried about everything in an irrational way. So to me, generalized anxiety is one of the worst because it, it doesn't have any specifics on it. Just general worry about pretty much everything. Then you have OCD. People are familiar with OCD. You've seen a lot of stuff on television. MTV did a couple of real life episodes. I have OCD. So we've seen that in the media and in the news before. This was one I used to get confused on when I first um, got into grad school, the obsessions and compulsions, but I'll break it down for you so you won't have that problem. Obsessions are the uncontrolled thoughts that people experience about whatever they are obsessed about, people, things, events. A lot of people get fixated on celebrities. Um, so those are the thoughts and they have those thoughts reoccurring and then it causes them to act out compulsions, rituals or repeated behaviors. Some examples of those rituals are checking and I'm not talking about checking for your cell phone or checking to see if your door is locked. I'm talking about checking 20, 30 times, checking the same thing, extreme. When I say checking extreme, you got tapping even going a certain way to work, going the same route to work, which probably everybody does. But let's say traffic is out that day and you should take another way. You should just go another way because it's traffic. But that person that has OCD, they are not going to go another way. And that's interfering with your life. You're going to be late to work because you simply cannot turn your car the other direction and go another way. That's interfering with your life. And so at that point, it becomes clinical. So OCD can be clinical. Um, other things that fall under the category of OCD that some people are not aware of, skin picking and cutting and hair picking, which is called trichotillomania, also falls under OCD. So that's something to think about also. PTSD. Very familiar with PTSD because a lot of people refer to this as the soldier's disease because a lot of soldiers that came back from Vietnam were displaying these symptoms and it wasn't a lot of information out about it. Now we have information because they've been back for a substantial number of years and there have been studies done, medication studies done, and we have the research. So now we know that PTSD is the onset of symptoms after a traumatic event has happened and it can happen to anyone. It's not just one group of people that can experience PTSD. It's anyone that has experienced a traumatic event. And the last one of the malicious seven 
acute stress disorder. This one is very similar to PTSD. The only difference is the time. Acute stress disorder onsets within the first month of the traumatic event. PTSD can set any time after the traumatic event has happened. So acute stress disorder, the symptoms start to display within 30 days of the traumatic event. And that rounds out the malicious seven. So it's just informational. You may know somebody that is experiencing symptoms or it may be you. It's just information to have in your toolkit of managing um, or helping somebody manage their anxiety. Moving on to the next question, who develops anxiety disorders? Well, anyone, no matter where they live, their age, gender, they can develop an anxiety disorder. The potential is always there. We're constantly living life. So things can happen at any point. That's why the balance and stress management is so important. Next question, where does anxiety come from? There are two factors that play into where anxiety comes from. First thing is your genetics. And then you have the life stressors that come about. Everybody has life stressors. So one is predetermined and one is within your control. You can do something about it. Your genes, nothing you can do about it. It is what it is. Can't do anything about it. Life, on the other hand, gives you stress. Life gives you stressors, but you also have options and things you can do. And you get to choose how you respond and how you cope. And that's what makes the difference for people in how they respond and how they deal with it. That is the difference. So another question that comes up is, why did it happen to me? And that's a question that plagued me for a long time, for many, many years. Why me? Why am I experiencing more anxiety? And I would often look at other people and try to gauge my anxiety or my suffering against theirs. Well, why aren't they suffering as much as I'm suffering? I feel like I'm suffering way more. What did I do to deserve this? And you question everything. So this would be the only question that I can't answer for you. This question brings you to your journey. What is your purpose? So you have to decide to essentially do what I did and what I'm doing now on this podcast and punch fear in the face and proceed with your life and whatever dreams and goals that you have, do it. That's what I did. I, I've wanted to do interviews and put myself out there for a long time. And I was just afraid. So amidst this COVID, I just said, I'm going to punch fear in the face. And I'm going to do it. And here I am. And I'm so glad that I made that decision. And whenever you're ready, make the same decision. Just do it. Whatever your 
goal is, whatever your dream or ambition is, just do it. Excuse my anxiety because I am not my diagnosis. I am a sporty, goofy mom that likes to have dinner at my mom's house because I can't cook. So that's something that I feel like I had to say when I first started. I was like, well, what am I? What? That was one of the first things I wrote when I was coming up with the podcast, Excuse My Anxiety. I wanted to write that I'm not my diagnosis because a lot of times, oh, I have anxiety. I have this. I have that. But that's not who I am. That's just my diagnosis. So it's very important for me to say that when I do what I call punch fear in the face. So that's my little spill on that. And then the last question was, how do I get rid of this anxiety? Just, just tell me how to get rid of it, which is a fair question. And it's a very treatable disorder. And all of them are treatable. All the ones that we've talked about are treatable. And you got two major options. There's medication, which a lot of people have a stigma about medication. They're not sure what it's going to do to their brain. They don't know if they're going to get addicted. Lots of things, lots of reservations for the medication. And I totally get it. If that's not for you, that's not the option. You have cognitive behavior therapy, which means working with a psychotherapist or a psychologist. And talk therapy will also work. So some form of therapy with a um, clinician, make sure they're licensed, check to make sure they're in good standing with the board, definite recommendations from me. And some people choose to do a combination of both. Some people choose to do nothing. Those are all options. You choose what is best for you. What I did want to address is the relaxation and breathing. And I know some of you are wondering, why not relaxation and breathing? That helps. Yes, it does. But that doesn't help with the root of the problem. Relaxation and breathing are techniques that are going to help you relieve the physical symptoms and sometimes they will help the worsening of the symptoms or help you avoid having outbursts, but it's not going to get to the root of the problem. You closing your eyes and meditating is not going to pull something from childhood and resolve it with you because you closed your eyes and meditated and chanted. You have to talk to someone and go back in time almost and mend those soul wounds to overcome it and then apply the relaxation and breathing techniques to maintain that state that you achieved through the cognitive behavior therapy. So that would be my advice on how to get rid of it. So we have made it through our five W's and an H. So we are coming to the end of our podcast, but I have two more things to share with you, which is our relaxation tip of the day, of course, and my final thought. So 
our relaxation tip of the day is pamper yourself. And I have a fun way of doing it. And I'm going to try it also and post a picture for you guys so you can see that I actually did it. And that is to give yourself a home facial. We are in the house right now. I don't know if you guys are still quarantined, but I am and I'm bored to death some days when my kids are not running me around. But I'm going to teach you how to make a home facial out of half, one half ripe avocado, one teaspoon of plain yogurt, and one teaspoon of honey. So only three ingredients, mix them up in a bowl. It'll be kind of chalky when you mix it up. If it's too chalky for your taste and you don't want to put it on your face that chalky, you have the option to put a couple of teaspoons of olive oil. I would try one teaspoon of olive oil first, mix it and see if it's at a consistency that you like. If not, go back, put the second teaspoon of olive oil and then go from there. After that, you put it on your face for 10 to 15 minutes. Rinse. And then you have a wonderful pampered face for the day. And it will provide you some relaxation because you took that 10 to 15 minutes to just focus on yourself. So my final thought for today, food for thought, is a quote from Dan Millman. And Dan tells us that you don't have to control your thoughts. You just have to stop letting them control you. Think about that as you go about your week. Have a wonderful week, guys. Be blessed. I'll see you next week.